Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thank you so much for listening. My guest today is Amy Rocklin. Before we get to Amy, I want to tell you about the website, which is TravelTalesPodcast.com. Go there. You can check out photos of our guests. You can see stories that I've written. You can see stories that other people have written. And you can see links to all our guests' social media and our social media as well. Travel Tales Podcast on Facebook. Give us a like. Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram. Follow us on all those platforms, please. And if you want to write me, it's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. There are links to Stitcher Radio where you can subscribe and iTunes. And if you're on iTunes, I ask you, as always, to please give us a good rating. That helps people find the show because it boosts our presence. And that's always a cool thing to do. Amy Rockland is my guest today, and I recorded this last Sunday night at my place. Uh, we were both still kind of reeling post-election, <laughs> and uh, you may get some of that vibe. Uh, might sneak in there a little bit, but I had never met Amy before, and we have a lot of mutual friends, but we had uh, never met. So, so I found out she's uh, done some pretty cool things in her life, and I was glad that she shared them with me, and I'm glad that you have the opportunity to listen as well. So please enjoy my talk with the lovely and charming Amy Rockland. Amy Rockland puts the rock in Rockland. Where are you from originally? <laughs> I am from New Jersey. What originally. part? I am from uh, Northern Jersey. Okay. The I was going to do the standard old uh, what joke. Exit? What exit? But, yeah. Um, um, I think it was 134. Okay. Off the Garden State Parkway, if I remember. What towns are near there? Um, I lived in Livingston and Short Hills and um, Springfield. There's one in every state. <laughs> yes. I'm from Illinois. It's our capital, Springfield. There you go. See? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So did you end up going... I know you lived in New York. I did. Which is an easy jump from New Jersey. Very easy. Did you go to college? And, and, as, and, and, and as all people from Jersey will tell you, they're from New York, yeah. not from <laughs> right. Jersey. Yeah. So I'm actually from New York. New Jersey gets a bad rap. It does. You know, but the joke is you have to pay to get out. You know, New York City is the only city with a cover charge. In New Jersey, you have to pay to leave. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, So walk me through the... uh, So growing up in uh, New Jersey, did you go away to college? I I did. I went to college in Boston, Boston University. So jealous. It was super fun. Of course it is. That's like... Why? Where did you go to college? uh, DeKalb, Illinois. Was that fun? Oh, yeah. I made it fun. It was a big state university. I made it fun. I was a party animal. Northern Illinois University. I mean, it was a big state university, but it was just, it's not in Boston. It's real Where there's 50 colleges everywhere. Yeah, it was stupid fun. The biggest college town in the country. Yeah. So if you like beer and people. I do. Some people. Some people. Every single person. (laughs) I lived my 
first two years of college in a dorm, in a dorm called Warren Towers. It looked like a women's correctional facility. Sure. It was like very basic. Wait, Boston College or? U- University. University, okay. University. Boston College is the Catholic one, right? Yes. Okay. So Jew. So yeah, oh, there you go. That one. Um, but, uh, and then I lived above, um, I lived in, near Kenmore Square, like uh, five seconds okay. outside Kenmore Square my uh, junior year. Which was great because that was the year that um, the Red Sox either got into the series or won the series. I don't remember. Okay. And um, all we had to do, we'd watch the game from our living room, but we'd keep the windows open to hear the cheering at Fenway because we were two blocks from Fenway. Oh, was that the one they lost? The, the, um... I don't know if they won or lost, like how far they went, but the, I just remember the insane party that happened at Fenway <laughs> because they were like, we're in or whatever was going on. Well, they didn't win person. until uh, 2000. Then they got in and lost. Yeah. So this was the night they got in. Okay, so gotcha. Yay for them. They won the pennant. That was that. Yeah, that's fun though. I mean, you forget because I was just in Chicago, where I'm from. Uh-huh. Went back for the World Series, and you forget how crazy sports obsessed. Was that great? Is. Because was everyone I know was insane. It was a lot of fun. It. All right. Yeah, but they do drink a lot, that's and you forget like, how much they drink. It's required. I've lived here long enough that it's like, oh yeah. Every time I go back, it's like, wow. They drink. Did I used to drink this much? Maybe I did. <laughs> I don't remember. So, I was so drunk. <laughs> so after you left, did you go, uh, you moved to New York as one is wont to after do or, or did you see? Yeah. After. Yes. It was sort of, I was in film school, so it was 50, 50 LA or New York. Everybody sort of divided and spread out one way or the other. And I went to New York. My best friend was in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got a place together in Chelsea. Oh, fun. Yeah. It was awesome. And, um, we had this great apartment. It was ridiculously affordable. And, um, and I worked at MTV. Oh, okay. This is good stuff. Because I worked at VH1. That was my first... Um, you did? Yeah. I, I was a VJ we there, there the... for three months. Shut up. But this was 97. I was gone by then. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm not telling you when it was. <laughs> or I'll kill you. So um, you must have been... I mean, for every kid out of school working at MTV, that was like the dream gig. You know, I interned while I was in college. Oh, perfect. And that's what set my life on track. Because the five years I spent at MTV, every, almost everything in my professional life since somehow ties back to those people right. in that time. I was there during the summer, so at VH1, which was uh, intern time of year. Right. And uh, so all of a sudden, for like three months, all these like, you know, beautiful young women were walking around everywhere. And you found out that every... Because everybody wanted a job working for MTV or VH1, oh, every yeah. college kid ever. So they could pick anybody. They're not paying anybody. So they, all the, it was all like beautiful women. And if, the, if there were guys, they had like a relative somewhere in Viacom. Oh, like really? Those, yeah. That was their in. That was their in. Or That's both. So or it was like an attractive woman with a connection somewhere. Right. Because they well, were so I, hard to get. I used to joke about that because it seemed like all the women at MTV were really hot. And I don't mean that obnoxiously Go on myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> including me. This is radio, right? Um, and the men were not. And so, oh, right. and so my joke then was that they had signs like all over the country that said, are you moderately attractive and want to work in television? Come, are you male? You know, that whole thing. Anyway, it was so much fun. I learned a ton. Mm-hmm. And that started the path for my career because, um, the short version is I was at MTV for five years, and at the end of that span, I was just getting ready to go. I was sort of feeling like I was done, and Pearl Jam came to shoot their Unplugged when they were, they'd been out for like a minute. 
mm-hmm. and I went to the taping and and I didn't care at all about them. I like my friends had to drag me to go. I was just like whatever, and I went and they blew me away, and I was like oh I have to photograph this band, and that became um, this thing I had to do. And I had about a month until they were coming back to town. I ended up through all kinds of rigmarole. It was very it was oddly hard, but got a photo pass. And um, ended up shooting the band when they came back. And um, uh, because of another friend got the day before their, that show was at the Limelight in New York. And okay. the day before they were shooting SNL for the first time. And so a friend took me to that. And um, uh, he actually took me to the camera blocking during the week. So I met Ed <laughs> and we got to talking. And then when I came back to watch the dress rehearsal on Saturday, we got to talking some more. I met his girlfriend, Beth, at the time. And um, one thing led to another. And I ended up becoming their photographer for wow. the next two years. That's awesome. Yeah. And it didn't happen that night, but that was the genesis of Wait, so a whole different life. You ended up following them on the road and, and like traveling with them and everything? Yeah. For, oh, my God. On and off for two years. That's yeah. awesome. It was great. Oh, my God. Give me one good road. This is a travel podcast. We'll get to travel eventually. <laughs> I'm just laying the groundwork. But give me, so we're, we must be talking, what, 93? Yes. Okay. And, now and by the way, Eddie Vedder, huge Cubs fan. Yes, yes. Huge. He was, he was there all week Yeah. At, at the series. He's from Chicago, if I remember correctly. <clears throat> yeah, he's a gigantic Cubs fan. So yeah. he's been going for years. So, yeah, he was, uh, he was very happy. Anyway, so you're on the road. Yes. Did you and go foreign I, travel or just in a no, bus? No, that was interesting. Um, I was only on the bus with them a couple of times. Most of the time I would meet them in cities. Um, the bus wasn't really a free-for-all for everyone to be on. Um, but um, Could have been. Could have been. Could have you been. Know, Depends on the kind of thing you're looking for yeah, on the exactly. road. Let's My, be honest. You know, and the thing was, is it was... I was really lucky because Bob Gruen, who's a big deal rock photographer. I have a signed picture of his, of so the Sex know. Pistols. Yes. Yeah. So um, Bob was my mentor when I was starting. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's which amazing. was a really lucky thing. And um, it's Name Drop Festival. I sure. Just, you know. I love it. Yeah. Um, and so I was introduced to Bob and he sort of started to mentor me and he taught me what it was to be on the road with all these guys. So he helped me understand what it was like for this whole team of guys to never see the same woman two days in a row. Yeah. You know? And so I had an understanding of what I was walking into. So I would go out of my way to be as professional as possible, to be as unkempt as possible. <laughs> I didn't uh, want anyone for a minute to think I was there to hit on the band. Well, you know. And um, no, it was really important to me. I well, was sure. like hardcore about it. I didn't know grunge was about to become a huge trend. So actually it was in <laughs> keeping with the look. Wasn't it a huge trend by the time they did... Uh, MTV, it must have been a, already It the, wasn't the in my world. I feel like it was becoming that very quickly in right, that right. span. It was the, the beginning of 93. And, um, and I can remember one day we'd all been out like in the desert and we were all like messy and whatever. And they were about, they had a show that night. And one of the guys was joking. He's like, this is so great. We can just go on like this tonight. And he like p- pulls his flannel shirt away from his, his dirty flannel shirt, sort of holds it away from his body. And he's like, wouldn't it be con- funny if this became a trend? And we're like, <laughs> oh, you're being ridiculous, you know? And right, sure right. So that was pretty funny. Yeah, the Elton John days were definitely over. Yes, exactly. No more <laughs> hair bands. Yeah. No more poison. That wasn't a bad thing, though, that they put an end to that. That, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Poison, I mean, it started to get a little ridiculous. Yes, the, it got a little hair band too thing. earnest and too, yeah. yeah. Silly. That lasted two years? On and off for two years. Not wow. two years straight. 
So um, it was a slow build. I didn't, I wasn't, it, it wasn't until I shot them in New York. Then I shot them again in Arizona a month later. And then I asked if I could go with them on Lollapalooza. And so they invited me to a bunch of dates. Okay. And so those were all East Coast because I was East Coast at the time. And Bob taught me how to win over the manager and you know he's like send him a set of photos for his private collection they see and he's like the band sees a million photographers on their in their travels they never see photos bring photos so i did that every time i went i would bring i bought kodak made postcards that you could print on one side so i would print a set of of postcards for each band member from the shoot I'd done the last time they'd seen me. Okay. So when I saw each of them, I had 10 postcards for each one. Of awesome. Them. Yeah. And it, it, it was great. They remembered me. And so it became a thing. So all the uh, photos that you took must be thousands of them. Yes. So do they I own the boxes. rights to those or do you have them? I do. Well, have you had a show or anything? Have you so- tried selling? Them I haven't. Or? I have a book. Oh, you I do have, have a, book. a book. Oh, and what would the name of that book be? <laughs> it's called the Pearl Jam Collection, aptly enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sell it on my website. What and would that website be? That website would be amyrockland.com. How do you spell that? A-M-Y-R-A-C-H-L-I-N <laughs> See, now we don't have to do, Yeah, we don't have to do the plugs at the end. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Everyone got that? You couldn't stop well, Way to slide it in there back. that you had a book. Oh, yeah. It was very interesting because uh, when they put the box set out of 10, they did a re-release of 10 and they did a box set and it was, it was a bit of tumult pulling together <laughs> all of that stuff. And um, that was a very interesting experience because I owned everything. So it was reconnecting with everybody. But it was lovely that they wanted to use the stuff on. Are, are you still that. in contact with anybody? I am not. Okay. I am not. Um, but, um, but that's okay. You know, when I right. was done, I was done. Did this lead to other bands wanting you or did it did at the time like i was in new york so kelly curtis who was the manager of pearl jam to the best of my knowledge the way it was told to me was kelly was recommending me to other bands in that scene so when they would come through new york i would get a phone call from different management saying hey kelly said we should call you so i was at cbgb's all the time shooting you know whoever and so that was great it was really fun and um um, it exposed me to a lot of different musicians. It also helped me realize that it was this band that I liked to shoot, that it was Pearl Jam, and it wasn't just shooting bands. Yeah. That grew old fast. <laughs> it just wasn't my thing. I was like, it's loud. I'm not loving this. I want to I, I be home. <laughs> yeah. Are you still a fan of the music? Do you, do you see them in concert? Do you they come n- around? I haven't, I haven't seen them in concert. I saw them once, I'm going to say 10 years ago, a friend of mine was a huge fan. He met me after my time with the band, and he convinced me to go see a show with them in, um, in Anaheim, I think it was. And he's like, it'll be great. And we were so far away, they were like ants. And I'm like, this isn't fun. <laughs> and I'm like, who would do this? And he's like, come on, it's great. I'm like, no, 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 I'm used to being up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, once there. you've been spoiled in the yeah, photographer pit. Is, it was just like, if I could listen to the album, if this is what I'm doing. Yeah, I used so, to stand right at their feet. Yeah, I was on stage with them. Oh, God. So I had access anywhere, so it was great. Okay, give us uh, the craziest travel tale you saw either on the bus or backstage or at a concert or something on the road with uh, Pearl Jam. God. You know, the, the truth about them is, in my experience, is that um, they're all really smart, nice guys who, instead of sitting around talking about nonsense, talk about books and talk about, you know, intellectual pursuits. And they weren't, at least with me and when we were all together, maybe it's just that's all we'll talk to Amy about. But uh-huh. um, 
they were more like brothers than anything else. So it was just really easy to hang out and drink a beer and talk about whatever. So I don't feel like I saw anything particularly salacious. I will say that the funniest thing was when there would be certain nights where one of the guys would have a girl that's clearly there, yeah. you know, like all like doe eyed and whatever. <laughs> and then you'd see them the next morning in the lobby. Like we'd all be getting ready to go and they'd look a little disheveled and not quite as shiny. And you know yeah, what right. I mean? And they're like the walk of shame. So it, was it wasn't, it wasn't like poison where they would like, you know, no. point out girls in the crowd and they had guys go. No, bring them backstage. it was so not like that. In fact, <sighs> grunge, I know boring. boring. Um, and there was many times where Ed would be, he'd wear a mask and with it, when the fans were sort of, surrounding him and a couple times I experienced him do this not a number of times he'd wear a, a mask times. he'd have this old man mask that he'd wear a lot and <laughs> it was his way of being with the fans without I think he was just shy and he just didn't know how to set his own boundary but they knew he was behind the mask oh yeah 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 and it was signing autographs and whatever and he would just sort of wait for someone to rescue him from that situation um at okay. least the couple of times that I experienced it since I ended up often being that person. Yeah. But, um, um, but it was just sort of funny more than anything else. I just think that um, he wanted so badly to connect with them and to be real with them wow. in, a, in a present sort of way. But then he hated being the guy who was like, I got to go. So mm-hmm. he'd let somebody else be that guy. It was fine. You know, it was kind <laughs> of, it was just, it was new to everybody. So, right. And he was never into the star part of it. You know, he didn't handle that. It just wasn't what he was in it for. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So, but growing up, say, I don't know uh, your family background, but do you, did you guys travel a lot? Like, were you a traveling kind of family? Did you um, take vacations? Or? You know, my dad took us to Greece when we were kids. Well, that's pretty big. So that was a big deal. Yeah. That was a fun trip. We went to London. My first trip to London was with my dad and my stepmother and my brother. And, um, and then we went from London to Greece. I think it was that was the order. And, and how um, small of a kid were you during this? I was probably around 10. Okay. I would say. That's an age where everything hits you big. Yeah. I didn't understand jet lag. I remember being like, <laughs> kick my, getting my ass kicked right, by right. jet lag. Um, and I loved London. I fell in love with London hard. And, um, and Greece was really interesting. So I had, ni- I had a good experience in Greece. I have nice memories of that. So, um, but it was... It's like kid stuff. It's hotel and it's whatever. Yeah. Later, when I was 19, I lived in London um, for a semester. Oh, a okay. semester abroad. And that was amazing. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's talk about that. Yeah. So let me see. Let me see what's going on. Who's on the charts then? I'm going to guess. Mid-80s. Um, yeah. Late so, 80s. So it's a Mid-80s. lot of... I don't know which sounds better. Anyway, right. late 80s. A lot of Wham. A little Wham UK. We have <laughs> uh, Squeeze. Who I just saw in concert. Uh, oh, wow. And, really? Yeah. Was Did it you, good? Oh, it was great. They oh, were down wow. in Long Beach at a festival. Oh, I'm jealous. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, okay. that was great. Culture Club, the whole deal. It was all happening. We loved it. It was all happening. You can literally play that music Thompson for me twins. anytime and I'm happy. <laughs> anytime. That's my feel-good music. So uh, did they set you up with a job or you were just going to class? I was going to class. It what? was a perfect scenario because I was at BU, but they didn't have, they were just getting their program Right. Coordinated. So I went piggyback on Syracuse University's program, which was um, they basically rent this beautiful, uh, I guess you'd call it a brownstone. It's a house, really. Yeah. And um, 
in Kensington Park Gardens. Oh, fancy. So oh, very posh. Beautiful. And I could walk there. I had a place in Notting Hill long before it Ooh, was Notting posh. Hill. I know, but it wasn't. It was just right. Notting Hill. No, it and, took a while for London to come back after yeah. the 70s. I mean, it was still rough. I mean, this, was, this was more, this was just sort of vanilla. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel dangerous. It just felt whatever. Yeah. And maybe I didn't realize I was a kid. But mm. um, uh, Portobello Market was about halfway to school. So we'd pass Portobello every day on the way to school. And there was amazing Indian food at the end of my street. So of I course. became obsessed with that. Yeah. And I remember seeing Back to the Future was in Ooh, theaters Oh, yeah. I remember going and seeing that in the theater. And um, It was 85, I believe. Yeah. Well, this was 86, so it probably got to London a little later. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, um, it was just so great because it was such an it – was, it was an adventure. And, Absolutely. you know, it's like you really learn what you're made of when you travel in a foreign country. And what did you find out that you missed and what did you find out you were made of and weren't made of? Um, well, <laughs> I realized I was a lot stronger than I maybe thought I was because it was hard at first. And, it, and I'm in England where they speak my language, yeah. you know, and yet I still felt really challenged. And um, I was so full of complaints in the beginning, like the, for the first oh, week. It was so like, everything's American. different. I don't like it. And, and, um, um, and then you pass through that transition where it's like, no, no, now I love it here and I don't want to go home. And I love going to a, I used to go to a pub every Sunday. It was so like incredibly college student behavior. I'd take my journal, I'd go to a pub, sure. I'd have a Guinness. Write I'd bad sit poetry. And write. Oh, all of it. <laughs> you read that journal now. It's like, why didn't somebody smack me? Yeah. It's yeah. So I'm so full of myself. Oh, yeah. absolutely. But every kid is, you know, it's, I was 19. It was yeah. my job. Yeah, it was great. And what was really cool is um on my spring break my dad came over and took my brother and i to paris for the week which was fantastic and um, pre-channel pre-channel paris totally yeah i took the uh ferry so did i from calais to To dover dover to calais yeah Yeah. and um uh so we went i think the order was the first time i went i went with my dad because then like a week later i went right back with us with a bunch of students yeah and had real fun yeah, well, what was interesting is, like, my dad always used to do things, like, very upper crusty. So we were staying in the Paris Hotel Intercontinental, Ooh, whatever wow. order you say that in. And I couldn't take it because it was like, I've learned to be part of culture, and that means everything to me. And, you know, that's who I am. And so I got up really early one morning, slid a note under my dad's door. I'm like, I'll be back for dinner. Wow. And took off for the day. And uh, my friend was at school at American, um, American College in Paris, and she said, find your way to the Sorbonne if you get to Paris, to the 4th and 5th district. And um, so I had my little Berlitz guide to French, and mm-hmm. I wandered into the metro and found, came out somewhere and was wandering around and writing all this crap in my journal. Mm-hmm. And, um, and this, guy that I, this guy I asked for directions, this French guy like a teenager, um, sort of followed me a little in a safe uh, way. Oh, here we go. Yeah. And um, his name was Jean-Claude. Of course it was. And, uh, no. <laughs> mm, I don't like where this is going. Everything but the motorcycle. Uh-huh. And he ended up, he's like, oh, I'll show you Paris. And he like took me around for the day and showed me this, all this cool of stuff. Course. And we went and had wine and it was amazing. Yeah. And there were movie cameras. And, no, yeah. sh- there should have been. Because <laughs> this was like, you're killing me. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. We kept in touch for years after that. Oh, yeah, that's it was lovely. fun. That's nice. It was a good experience. Okay. So after um, the photography, is that when you came out to L.A.? After the photography. After um, After Pearl Jam? Yeah. Um, I came out to L.A. at the end of the 90s, I'm going to say. Something like that. Okay. Right around there. So um, 
uh, photography led into studying design, graphic design. And so um, I came out here doing both of those things. All right. Yeah. And you probably had a lot of like MTV connections out here and things? Uh, some. I sort of, I took a break from all of those, that world and just sort of wanted to try my hand at designing and I like to get my hands into things. Like so. interior design? No, graphic design. Oh. So I was doing um, print initially and then I learned web and who knew where that was headed? So that became It'll a never bit of a last. Thing. It'll yeah. never last. It's going to fizzle that in color TV. It's not going to. It's not going to yeah. work. Um, so that was amazing. I had a lot of opportunities. I went to. Um, I went back to school to um, art center in Pasadena, and studied design more thoroughly. Mm. And so worked in that field for a while and loved it. And I'm sort of obsessed with typography and imagery, so <laughs> that was fun. And then I started to segue back into production. Okay. It's a TV production? Yes. Okay. Are you doing that now? Yes. Oh, anything we would know and see on TV? Um, it's more internet now. There, I just did a thing over the summer uh, for Lionsgate. They, Lions, there's something called Comic-Con HQ, which is a pay service channel online, and um, um, all this awesome nerd programming. And they joined forces with Lionsgate and created Comic-Con HQ Live, and it was an event at... Comic-Con San Diego, a four, yeah. four days of live television. And so I was hired to produce that, to be part of that. And that was insane and totally fun. That's fun. Yeah. Because it's, it's amazing how, I mean, the business, I've watched it. We both watched it completely change. I started out in newspapers. I mean, remember sorry, those? What? Yeah. They, paper. They came paper. to your... And I've watched like how many different forms of media just take a nosedive, you know, newspapers, now it's radio. Got, people have I mean, to get back to buying newspapers and yes. paying for actual journalism. Yeah. Yes. It's important. Oh Very important. I've been telling people that all week, but uh, yeah, you yes. can't just put anything out and call it news. And it could be one guy in his basement typing up stuff that looks like news. It's typed. Yeah. That makes it legit. Makes it, makes it real. Looked easy to read to me. Uh, yes, that was distressing. Um, the other thing I did was um, I started studying acting. and um, You went down the dark path. Yeah, went, I know. You couldn't I, stay away, could you? You know, there's not enough actors in LA. Yeah, we need a few more. There is a dearth. So yes, it's very I, secure. I felt it was, it's very secure. <laughs> very and secure. I felt there was a gap to fill. Good. So it was, I, I bit the bullet. Good. And sure. did, took one for the team. Um, so I did it because I like the idea of getting to scream and cry and be praised. So mm. that was fun. I could have big feelings. Uh-huh. And that was super fun in a nutshell. And um, <laughs> that led to I started a show. Um, I've only shot one uh, called The Fourth Wall. And it is an interview show. It's sort of like inside the actor's studio. But um, I'm affiliated with Playhouse West, which is another historically entrenched acting school. This is where Sanford Meisner taught for yeah, the yeah, last yeah. 10 years. And um, so it's interviewing alumni and, and uh, working actors now and all of that stuff. So this is video or just audio? This is video, but I'm going to turn it into a podcast. Oh, good idea. So that people can hear it in their car. I wouldn't recommend it. No, no nobody listens to it. You podcast. listen to it while, uh, yeah, whatever they do. <laughs> Um, well, let's get back to uh, travel. Give me some of the other places you've been. Okay, so let's see. Your favorite places. I loved Paris. Sure. Paris was fantastic. It's and, hard to go wrong there, really. Well, you know, I didn't know anything about it, but when I went back uh, the second time, I went with friends. And um, 
and got to discover a lot more. And I did you see Jean Claude again? I did not. <sighs> I know I'm a horrible person. And um, you used him for his and threw like, him tour away. guide. Oh. Can you hear the sound of me wiping my hands? Adieu, Jean Claude. Yeah. <laughs> um, I um. I discovered art by being in Paris in a way that, like when I was a kid, we went to galleries all the time, but whatever, I was bored. And as an adult or young adult, going back and choosing to rediscover art on my own, completely different experience. And I went to Paris on a field trip. I sort of jumped into this field trip for a class I wasn't really in and um, on uh, modern art. And so tagged along with these people and my fellow students and saw museum after museum after museum and was just blown away. Wow. So, and the food after being in London for six months. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is salad. Oh. (laughs) Food can be good. It's great. And not just Indian food. (laughs) There's nutrition in food. Oh God, vegetables that aren't boiled within an inch of their life. I know exactly, Jill, they're yellow. Um, I um, also learned to drink coffee that semester. I didn't know how to drink. Like I see kids walking around with like Starbucks cups and stuff. I'm like I never. I learned to drink it in New York, actually. Oh, really? Because when I lived there, I lived in Brooklyn, and then I would have like auditions or something during the day or appointments in the city by people who don't know. The city means Manhattan, <laughs> and I would come in. It would take like you know forty five minutes to get in to the city, and then. I'd have like two hours to kill in between appointments, but not enough time to go all the way back home and come. It didn't right. make sense. So you just hang out and you needed a place to hang out where you wouldn't get kicked out. You and know? that's where coffee should And that's where you can spend a buck and get a coffee or didn't two bucks. Didn't that used to be libraries? Yeah. No. Read what? books. But I did there. Speaking of that, I uh, got a library card. See there? there? Because uh, this was pre-interweb. That... Uh, I hated being stuck on the train without something to read. Yeah. Like, I hated it. So I finally I got a library card, and I, that's when I decided to read, like, classics. Like I, Smart. That I never read in high school and stuff. So, I did, I, yeah, I read, like, Faulkner and Hemingway and all this other stuff. And oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it was good. I kind of missed that, actually. That's a smart thing to do. Yeah. I know, having that forced time where you, you have to think of something to do. Yeah. So it is good. I've never been into reading on my phone. Okay, on a, yeah. On a thing. I still I like, like books, books I still with do. pages that you can turn. But now that I might be moving, I they take up a lot of space. Yeah. They I could do. see finding a reader of some yeah. kind. You need shelves and bookcases and then you need Or you could boxes just and, you know, you could buy books along the way and ship them somewhere so that they're all there when you get home, wherever home is. So you could have yeah. books at a time. I don't even know where home's gonna be. Oh, this is sad. This Wait, is, let me get I'm my floating in between. Out of my bag. <laughs> Um, okay, so Paris, that's an Paris. easy one. Have, have you ever been to like South America or Asia? I haven't. And actually, this might seem sort of vanilla, but Spain and Italy are high on my list or yeah. on or the next stops. Of course. I was going to move. Oh, you've never been? I've never been. <sighs> oh, you got to go. I know. Two of my favorite uh, countries. And I feel like I was going to move. There was this minute where I was going to move to Barcelona. Ooh. I'd never been there, but I was like, I want to live in Barcelona. That's where I need to go. <laughs> and so I started doing everything to I started studying Spanish. I I had a German shepherd at the time and I had to figure out how to bring her. Oh, got all God. of that yeah. going. That's not easy bringing dogs overseas. No, but there was no way I was going without her. So mm-hmm. I started to figure all of that out and I was just like I'm going to go. And then I changed my mind. And just to make sure you're staying, you got a new dog, didn't you? Yes. 
I now got you're a puppy. tied here. Now you're you're. Hey, puppies are mobile. Anywhere you go, they'll go. So, <laughs> Except to Spain. Except and- to Spain. Well, I could have done it. It's just the kind of a deal breaker for me was I after living in New York for ten years, I was done living and doing small living. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not, we can't go back. We can't, can't go back do it. now. We're I too. Need- we're we've been. I'm a grown-up. We've been Californized. Yeah, I can't do can't it. I feel like that's college, post-college for me no, because of my experience. Time. I think everybody should, certainly every American kid should live in New York for a year. I agree. Um, and they Almost like be- a Peace Corps kind of thing. That they, they, you know what I mean? <laughs> because it forces, it forces diversity on people and most of the country is really segregated. Yes. I mean, everybody's, especially in a driving culture, which most cities are, you don't interact with people who are outside your sphere, your work, right. home bubble. And uh, in New which York... Which I loved about moving to LA after being in New York for so yeah. long. Yeah. I, I need a bubble. Some I earned some bubble. I was like, oh, I can have a soundtrack as yeah. I drive. This is amazing. <laughs> I can take crap I don't need till later. Right. <laughs> I can get all my uh, supermarket shopping done in one trip. Exactly. I yeah. can go get the heaviest thing whenever, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't have to do it first or last. I know. But you got to live there in New York before you know any better. You know what I mean? Almost. I agree. It's like, and it's, it's just exciting. It's, yeah. Open all night. It's whatever you're into, you can find it. It's better if you've got some money. Well, everything. Now it's well, really everything hard. is. But that city in particular. No, is no, tough it's hard. It's um, to do when you're broke. And, you could yeah. be broke in L.A. and still get to nature. Yeah, you it's, can't really do. That's no, a hard York. place. Yeah. It's a hard place. But you got to live there when you're still young enough, where you don't own anything. You can be mobile, switch places, this have roommates. Yes, which is a big deal. Yeah, and uh, you know you're out all night. It's it's great. I agree. It's exciting. I agree. And even if you hate it, you leave after a year. But and you got to do it. I feel the same way about going abroad. That no, yeah, you have to. Absolutely. Absolutely required. I learned so much about me and about, like I said earlier, and I also just learned what it was to appreciate another culture and communication. And when people were kind and gracious to me, I was so, I had so much gratitude for that. And you don't learn that staying in this country Focusing on your own stuff. Right. Well, we don't have to. We're going to make this country great again, uh, Amy. I don't know if you've I seen the news. You. All right. Good. Oh yeah. <sighs> Absolutely. Anyway, I'm so not looking a forward happy girl. to the next four years on the road. <laughs> Take me with oh, you. Take me with boy. you. Yeah, it's really answering scary. those questions. That's going to be good. Oh, seriously. How embarrassing. You know, it was tough. The last four years of the um, of the Bush years were tough. Um, yeah, we thought that was embarrassing. It was tough. And, you know, he was really disliked around the world. And, you know, as someone as an American, sooner or later, you, you hang around with somebody long enough, they're going to start asking you about it or yelling at you about it or, you know. Wow. It's, um, they're scared. And they have a right to be, you know, and there's a lot to be scared about. We're all scared. We're all scared. So Yeah, it's terrifying, it's, especially uh, when I talk to people who... um uh, you know, who are afraid for their children. Who yeah. Are afraid, oh, God. Yeah, it's, it's just... Obviously, well, let's hope for the best. Anyway. Fingers crossed. We could do, we could do this all day. Yeah, seriously. I've just had a news blackout. I know. It's been, so it's been a tough week. I'm just week. not going to even... <laughs> head in the sand. I feel powerless. No, not, I'm, actually, I take that back. I'm going to fix it. So be part of fixing it. Right. After Spain and Italy. Yes, sir. What would be your other, like, some place you looked at and you always want to go? You've never been to, like, Tokyo or anything? No, I never mm, have. You'd like and that. I would like that. Um, I've always wanted to go to Africa. Oh, yeah. I want to do a safari so bad. 
I oh, always want to do. I'm an animal nut, so mm-hmm. like I want to go where I can see things as they really are. Um, and um, I've never been to Canada. I what? was there for what? a. I was there for a second to Niagara Falls. <laughs> <laughs> you really were a second. Yeah. You like, were in Buffalo and then you looked over. It was and, wet. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm a fun, really, even with the, the band, you never, no, you never made it to I, t- I Toronto? No, I was in the States with them. It was oh, always wow. the States and it was even just the coast, you know? Like, oh, God, just the East Coast, huh? West Coast, too. I did some West Coast dates with them. But, okay. um, yeah, it wasn't, that is not how that worked out. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I love, I love a road trip. Love a road trip, and I've been dying to do a cross country trip. So, well, have you ever done it? I mean, when I you moved not. out here, even you... no, I flew. Oh, okay, I flew, and um, I didn't have a car, so oh, because I was coming here to get gotcha. a car. Uh, I would love to do, I would love, like, I kind of drool a little when I look at RVs, and I'm like, I want to rent <laughs> one of those and go on a trip. I, I must be insane because it's not that, I mean, RVs are tough to yeah. deal with, but I love a road trip. What about you? Really fun. What about in America, where you want to see first? What's first on the list? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Do you have a favorite city? No, in I the mean, states. Yeah, and you can't say New York or LA. Uh, <laughs> San Francisco. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And I love Seattle. I spent a little time in Seattle. Love yeah, that. You were, you were Queen Grunge, from what I hear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I shower. That's the rumor. Uh, <laughs> that's what I read on that wall in that bathroom. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I've never, the road trip idea is because I've never seen the middle. Oh, and yeah. I would like to. My stepmother's from country. Iowa. You and, should. Yeah. And I feel like I grew up with an appreciation for Iowa through her. So I feel like I should see this. You know? Well, just like the reverse, I think every like city kid should live in the out, country. Yeah. Out in the sticks. Yeah. I mean, every blue stater should live in a red state. I lived state. in Colorado every, you know for a I mean? little while. I didn't know I was in a you red did? state. Yeah, well, we Colorado lived, isn't. You know, isn't I think it kind of red. No, well, every state is kind of. Oh. But I think they went. Uh, did blue they go this blue? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know. Colorado's um, weird because it's very. I mean, it's diverse because it's got you got very hippie-ish parts of it. And yeah, my you, mom was a hippie, so that's okay, why we were there. there. But like Boulder, did she live in Boulder? No, we were in Fort Collins, okay. which is it's right next town. to Boulder. It's yeah, so it was Boulder or Fort Collins. Sure. We ended up in Fort Collins. But then you'll get like uh, Colorado Springs, where the Air Force Academy is, and it's right. very, you know, very Christian, very. The, conservative. That was the thing. We were the only Jews in the whole town. Yeah, they. You must have been like a. Yeah, we were a sideshow to celebrity. certain people. Ooh, yeah, there they well, are. no, it was more like. I mean, I was. 11 when we moved there and i remember somebody looking at me and like but i thought jews had horns no. and i was like i was laughing because i thought that was the craziest thing i ever they heard said that she said it and she meant what it. that's the kind of small chinless living wow like these people are it was very vanilla it, we called oh, it yeah. vanilla valley fort collins where everyone's very white well why there did she did she um, teach at the university no oh, that sounds so lofty I don't know. <laughs> no, um, it was uh, Fort Collins was sort of this magnet for all these um, Jewish intellectual hippies migrated Fort from. Yeah, they migrated from New York and New Jersey and the tri-state area out well, to yeah, Fort that, Collins, that's where we all Colorado. Came from. Yeah, and so <laughs> my dad was from Jersey City. Yeah, there you go. So they all migrated out there, and her boyfriend and his brother and their best friend owned a head shop. 
So, um, but you love the seventies. Yeah. So I did and now have, it's all completely legal in Colorado. Yeah, right, exactly. But I did have the best paraphernalia of any. I bet you did. High, but uh, so did they ever? So did you? Were you? Did you? Were you ever a? Or are you a? a are you a marijuana smoker? Person? Yeah. Person. Um, I had my phases, I think, at times, but not much because it was I'm never such, for me. I was mm. such a lightweight that the oh, minute yeah. I got high, well, you're a tiny person. Well, I would eat everything that wasn't nailed down and fall asleep. Like oh, yeah. that was what I would do. Yeah, no, it wasn't that fun for me. I would just like sit there and stare at a TV <laughs> and then just eat everything in the fridge and go to bed. It's just like, this is not a social thing for me. It's not a social thing. No, put me right I had out. a friend for a little while who really thought, he's like, you're so funny when you're stoned, but you fall asleep. He's like, so he would start making me espresso. So we'd get high and drink espresso. So you're and, wired and high at the same time. So we'd time. just laugh our asses off. Then I didn't fall asleep. <laughs> then I could eat everything and not fall asleep. Have you been back since? How long were you there? In Colorado? Yeah. From um, 11 to when? 11 to like 15. Okay. And, um, Ooh, junior high. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It's rough. It was rough. And, it's, rough. Um, it's just rough age to begin with. It is. It is. Um, and then you had horns on top of it. Yeah, that That's was weird. No good. Yeah, and they got in the way of it. My hair Ugh. looked funny. Um, yeah, so, and then we moved back to Jersey. Hmm. Oh, we wanted to go End back. of the experience? Yeah. End of the hippie experience? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Done. Yeah. So my mother began to sell real estate because that's what all hippies do. <laughs> sure. They all do it. Yeah. It was, it was, um, I'm glad I lived there. I mean, one of my best friends in the world came from living there for five years. So, um, that was great. And I have an appreciation for, I feel like I have a little tiny window into what a non-coastal, non-cosmopolitan thought process is. Right. You know? But you never really hit the road and... Because I played every state in the... I'm down to like the last two states. Which wow. I need to... Do, now, do you feel like you get to... 25 ex- years of, you know, Do you feel performing. like you get to experience them, though? Because you're just in Well, I also towns. grew up in Illinois, so I mean... It oh, was, that's I was true. Right so you in, were I was in it. There. Yeah, you know, never mind. So, I take that back. Of yeah. course you do. Um, no, I've seen everything, but some guy posted a great tweet, a comic that I knew. He said, you know, you know who's not surprised at the election, at the election results? Is road comics. <laughs> Uh, and I was like, yep, really? yeah, no, it doesn't surprise us at all. Really? Did yeah. you think it was going to go this way? No, I, did, I actually, it was, I was surprised, but it, I'm not shocked by it. I'm shocked. I mean, yeah. I'm um, s- but saddened It's a big shocked. country, and it's, um, you know, I think part of it has to do with uh, we could, the internet. It really has a lot to blame. I mean, people are in their own bubbles anyway, but what I think the internet has done is created a lot of different bubbles. And so, I mean, it's, it's a, for all the good that it does, I think it does an equal amount of that. Instead of bringing people together, it brings a lot of people with the same ideas in a huddled thing. And, and the nobody, re- and there's no real exchange. Um, you know, people say things on there that they would never would say to your face. But since they're home sitting in their underwear, that you suck. And then you're just like, well, that's not. Yeah, I have a really hard time <laughs> you know, with the brutality really, of it. I yeah, really do. it doesn't and the make disconnect. you. It doesn't make you feel better. And it doesn't bring us any closer. And no. like we were saying about the misinformation. That's the big problem. It's a real, yeah, it's a real thing. So I, when you can't tell news from not news and facts from not facts. So people are just really loaded up with misinformation and fear. And they get very indignant about what they think they know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I worked for, um, after Pearl Jam, I worked for John Stewart. I was the photographer on the John Stewart show. Okay. Before John had the Daily Show. And um, 
and I love John. He's awesome. And I keep trying to find ways to reach him to be like, would you get back on the air? This is your fault. Where are you? You know, he seemed to have bailed a year early. But because I, I, I think he just couldn't take, I, I couldn't take it anymore. I don't know what his reasons were, what his real reasons were. Like, I don't know. I think that directing that, that movie had something to do with it. Maybe just. I'm sure, I, you know, he said something in his farewell about feeling restless. Yeah. And I respect that it's, he can do whatever he wants. He did it for a while. Ten years. Yeah. But we needed him. We needed his, you know. Yeah. His light, shining light, like shining a light on, not woo-woo light, not yeah. that nonsense. But, um. We needed him to call out the bullshit that was... Can I say that on your thing? Sure. You can say anything you want. Yay. It's the internet, man. Yeah. It's no rules Everyone for now. sucks but me. There's no rules for now. Um, we needed him to call that out. I mean, Trump, he would have had a field day. And he's not a Hillary fan. So it's she wouldn't have gotten an easy ride from yeah. him. But... Um, he would have... All the, the... The way everyone just rolled over on the debates and Matt Lauer should be ashamed yeah, of himself. This, it's... Um, Every news outlet on online and TV is all paid for with ratings and ads. Then they're going to go with what gets ads Ugh. and ratings and eyeballs. And everybody's fighting for them because there's so many, they're hard to get now. You know, there's so many, a million different outlets, a million yeah, different channels. Uh, when they had a monopoly in three channels, it wasn't that big a deal. Um, well, they could focus on what was important. But also, I think people, if they had given a choice, they have a tendency to not... They're, they're looking at news to reaffirm what they already know mm-hmm. rather than to find out facts or learn something different Possibly. because they don't, people don't like to be proved wrong or shown that they're wrong or anything like that. Or maybe they were mistaken about something or maybe they thought one way and they're like, Oh, um, and certainly Do you think that's true of everybody. No, well, it's, it's certainly a conservative kind of mindset that, yes, um, I agree. this is what we know. And if you deviate yeah. from what we've already known, then you should be, A, at least suspicious, and B, you know, it's probably wrong because this is what we know. Um, and uh, anything new, new music, new ideas, new religions, or something, nope, bad, la, 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 can't the, hear it, plug the ears. Yeah. This is what we know. The celebration Classic of, rock. The celebration of mediocrity <laughs> is just... Yeah. I mean, talk to, go to any place that leans more conservative, and there's a reason why country... And classic rock tend to be what it is because it doesn't deviate from the same three chords and it doesn't go too crazy. It doesn't have different instruments. It's guitar-based, blues-based kind of thing. And I like all of it, but after a while, there's nothing wrong with some new stuff. But no. What is this new shit? Yeah. Well, it's new. And the stuff you listened to was new once. <laughs> you, know just, I mean? you know, <laughs> when I was growing up, my grandparents were definitely Republicans. Yeah. And they also gave money to Planned Parenthood. Right. You know, and my, I think my grandfather left money to Planned Parenthood wow. when he died. And, um, um, uh, and I just, Republicans were a different beast back then. And it's, well, what yeah, it's I mean, they don't. It's so frightening. And I mean, he is, Trump is their Frankenstein. So was country. Made him. Well, he, uh, you know, not to get way off, but they, uh, <laughs> you can edit this he blew up the, uh, the party, you know? So that's why a lot of them weren't afraid of him. You know, the Republicans don't know what to make of well, him. Well, that's what I mean when I say he Frank- beat them at their own that's game. What I mean when I say Frankenstein, cause he's their monster. Yeah. He created yeah. this, this came out of the, all the bullshit that they put it. into the pot <laughs> and it's like, Oh wait, we can't get the monster back yeah. in the room. And it's like, see what you did. Mm-hmm. They created the, 
the mood and the temperament in their, their followers to just welcome him. And it's horrifying. It is yeah. horrifying. Anyway. Anyway. Yes. Back to travel. What is your preferred mode of, of travel? travel? I mean, in terms of... Oh, this is an you... interesting question because I'm afraid of flying. Well, I love to... I mean, what, I've what been to London it, three times. What so, did it with times. your... Was there a moment? Did you have a scary flight moment? I didn't. It was somewhere in college. I just started to become a little afraid of flying. Of, well, crash, I guess. Crashing, so. yeah. And, um, but did you see something on the news? Nope, was it- there was, there's nothing I can, fi- I can actually point to. And I've been, I've been flying since I was a little girl. Since I, I blame Jean-Claude. Really, really young. You blame Jean-Claude, it's not his fault. <laughs> it's those French yeah. people. I don't know what it was, but um, I mean, there's probably a little psychological something or other in there that's attached to, my stepmother was a stewardess. Oh. And I was close with her. And I used to fly, had to fly with her sometimes on her trips awesome. cross what, country, what which airline? was fantastic. TWA. Oh, good old TWA. Yeah. And um, I loved it. Loved it, loved it. Get on a plane anytime, anywhere. Right. You know, that was a gas. I don't know if it's like learning that, like when you go to college and you start to learn your parents are people and they're fallible and they're not, you know, superhuman. And I don't know if it was something about that, that suddenly flying didn't feel safe because parents weren't safe but she would get up and go do it every single day and always came home I, that's as logical as i can ask as i can answer as to why hmm. i really don't know and then for a while um i remember when i worked at mtv i had to go to kansas for a shoot and um and i was not saying a word to anybody about being afraid because i was gonna go right i'm a producer your job. i gotta go and my boss came into my office and um, shut my door and sat down. He's a baseball fanatic, puts his feet up on my desk, and he's like, okay, there are this many baseball teams, and they travel this many times during the year, and none of them crash. Like, he was giving me all these statistics, because he knew, without me right. ever saying a word, he knew. And I was like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm going. Right. And, um, and that you're more at risk, you know, driving home tonight than you are, yeah. Yeah. So there were, I, I have logicked my way out of it, and I'll go anywhere. So okay. I'll, I'll deal. Did you have a, like ever have like a, a freak out moment in the air? Did they ever have to calm you down or no. give you? No, I'll have a beer and fall asleep. <laughs> I'm a lightweight, but I have had those moments. It's hard to explain. I've had those moments where I feel like I can feel how fast the plane's going. Like hmm. you know when you're when you, I'm a fast driver. I'm a very assertive driver, and um, you know when you gun assertive. it. Assertive. I like that. Yeah. Assertive. I'm <laughs> very opposed, assertive when I drive. As opposed to aggressive. Yeah. Um, Usually. Anyway. <laughs> um, and um, it's times where I feel like pressed back against my seat. Yeah. Like I, there's something about, obviously I'm not feeling the actual speed. I'm logical about that. But there are these moments and it's like where the turbulence is a little more than I can take. And I've never had one of those really scary turbulent oh, moments. Yeah. And I know people who have, but it's just a little bit too much. And then it's like, all right, I can't do anything about this. And I guess I'm a control freak. Oh yeah. That's, that's probably it. That's hard for me, but, and I'll swear I'll never do it again. I'm done. I'm not doing it again. And then I do. Right. Because I don't, I'm not going to be a person who stays in California and never leaves. What was the last flight you took? Um, do you go home for like the holidays yeah, or anything? Yeah, back to Florida where my family is now. Oh, what part of Florida? They are in, I forget which side it's on. They're mostly around like Boca. That's East Coast, yeah. There you go. And my mom's on the That's other side. That's the most coast. Jewish thing I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> my God, Boca. Sorry. Sorry. Oh They're God. in Boca. We They're have a lovely condo. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, my grandmother used to live in Margate, which is down there. Yeah. Near Fort Lauderdale and all that. We used to call it God's waiting room. 
it's it is. just you know you just see like hands on a steering wheel but no actual person yeah, my, they're my, so tiny my grandparents were Seinfeld's parents <laughs> I mean they were that was yeah that's fantastic I, I got every joke about that about in the condo yeah, association everybody too. knew everybody's business yeah and it was it would fight over these petty little things and just uh, so silly absolutely it's really funny I don't. I, I'm not. A fan. I don't get Florida. I'm not a fan. I mean, I'll go see my family because I love them. But I, yeah, me too. But you know, mine are in Central Florida, which is even rougher. Is it? My it's mom's pretty, in it's Fort pretty Myers, rednecky. so she's on the other side. Yeah, and my my family's between those two. Wow. Yeah. That's where the alligators are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love to. I'm saving up because I want to go take it. I need to go travel. It's you know I'm right. waiting when the puppy's just old enough so that I can leave her with someone. Just food and a it's dish. It's tough. See, leave. I travel too much. I, I, I don't think I can get a dog. Yeah. I, you know, the plan really was to travel in between the last dog and this dog. Yeah. That was a little over a year. And the plan was go travel while I can. And I just didn't have the dough to do it. And, of course, I get the puppy at work is caving. Yeah. is falling all over $10,000 worth of shots. No, no, no. I just mean, like, now I can afford to do it. And yeah, you either have the money and no time or yes. no time or all the time and no money. Exactly. Right. But um, it's okay. I'll make it happen because it's important to me. So, it's Well, it's good you're working. Yes. Work is good. That's good. I like to work. We like money. We like money. Money is a good thing. It helps. Yes. Helps things. I, it absolutely helps. And anybody who says <laughs> money doesn't. Should get some because <laughs> right. I'm sorry. Talk to us then. Yeah, it makes everything easier. Yeah, life sucks, but I'm going shopping. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> to a point, and then it gets more complicated. Yeah, you know what I mean. But, but I grew up in a family that hadn't had a couple dollars, and yeah. um, I know what it can help and what it can't. Of course, you know what I mean. And I'm glad I had that. Per- I'm, I feel lucky to have that experience and perspective. So I know the difference because some people think everything will be solved and there's certain things that it just has nothing to do with. No. So I feel like I know what matters and I know, yeah, I just, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd be a really good rich person. So <laughs> just hooking that all together. Uh, okay. Do I mean, so do you, are you a camper? Do you do that kind of? I'm a Jew. I mentioned that. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah. You don't sleep on the ground. I got it. <laughs> what do you got crazy? it? We did our 40 days in 40 yeah, yeah. or whatever that was. The my oil, family the camped, though. I it just, yeah, never got into it that much. My brother loves it. My sister loves it still. I did a thing. I was, I was the photographer for, um, there's the breast cancer walk from Santa Barbara to Malibu. Oh, okay. And um, it's, I think it's How called the Breast that? Cancer 3-Day. It's a lot, whatever. How Santa, many miles is that? I, I don't know. That's I a should, lot. I should know that. It's yeah, three days. It's three days. Oh, wow. But it's, it's Pilata Teamworks was the company that used to do it. They were the same people who did the ride, the AIDS ride from San Francisco oh, to yeah, LA. Yeah. Same I, company. I knew a guy that did that. Yeah. And um, so I was hired to be the photographer for the event. Oh, and nice. And go on the whole thing. So I brought my photo assistant and um, they, have all, they have tents for everybody. They create these tent cities. And... Um, um, and they p- bring in these big tractor trailers with hot showers and sinks and the whole bit. So my um, assistant, he and his wife were like avid campers. So she was giving me a list of things to bring for my three days of camping. <laughs> and I'm like, eh? you know, and I set up my own tent. The whole thing was hilarious. And um, the first morning, I'm standing at one of these sinks brushing my teeth with 38,000 other people talking to my assistant. I'm like, camping's easy. What's right. the big deal? You know, exactly. At my sink. <laughs> <laughs> Your sink. Yeah, it's like, what's so hard? <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I, 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 would, I would do it. 
I camped when I was a kid. I went yeah. to summer camp and we would go camping, mm-hmm. sleepaway camp for the summer. So, and we'd go camping out in the woods and sleep in the barn, which was my favorite thing ever. And, um, cause I was horse obsessed as a child. <laughs> I rode all the time. And, um, so getting to sleep in the barn was amazing. Um, so yeah, I would totally do it now. Do you have any rituals when you travel? I mean, like one of my favorite, um, one of my normal ones to do is like wherever I go, especially the longer the trip and you're all jet lagged and stuff and you want to get on whatever time you're on you don't oh, want to like, what's your trick? Um, if it's any time during the day, I'll get to the hotel. If it's a city, cause I love cities and I love to walk. So I'll just throw my bags in the room and just take my key and just kind of walk around the neighborhood and just walk just to get a vibe of the city. And the, uh-huh. um, that sounds so great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. But you know, it also helps to try to stay awake so you don't <laughs> to try to get up, on the right time. get on the right schedule. Yeah. Right. But um, do you have anything like that? Is there anything you do? I definitely do that. In fact, I went back to London three trips, three different trips after my time living there. And um, I remember the second time I went back, I met a girlfriend of mine there. She was coming from here and I was coming from New York. And we were like, we're going to stay up. But by like five o'clock, I think we were crying. We were so tired. But um, so that's one thing. Um, I definitely, I'm not, I've done one red eye and that sucked. I'm no good at that. I'm not good I'm, at them either. I'm toast. I, it ruined I me can't for sleep the on next planes, day though. and a half. Right. For as much as I fly, I wish I could sleep on planes. I'm, well, I'm that asshole think, with the reading light on while everybody else is trying to sleep. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I have like a, I try to, I like a window seat. Yeah. I like to but put my head tiny in something. tiny too. I'm jealous. That's the only time I'm jealous of your height <laughs> is on a plane or I know. A car and I think it's a tight fit. So yeah. I can't imagine how anyone your height Oof. could possibly it's not be fun. comfortable. It's not fun. No. And um, um, so I also allow, this is my, th- I'm a foodie for sure. Oh. And I'm kind of a crackhead for sweets. Okay. So, um, but I also balance that with eating well. So um, I'm kind of, in, I love doing that too. So when I travel, my little give to the the fear part of traveling is I can eat anything I want because if the plane's going down, I may as well have had <laughs> right. whatever I want to have. So I get to have like all kinds of yumminess sure. for the flight, which also helps knock me out because when I have that sugar crash yeah. along with my what, beer. What would be the best, if you could pick one thing you remember that was the best thing you ate in Paris? Oh man, that's hard. I know. That's hard. You can right. do one food, sweet and savory. You, okay, I can tell you this because <laughs> okay. I remember... Going to this little cafe, they're all adorable. They're all little marble, round marble tables. Sure. And sitting there with a friend of mine, and they brought silver bowls. Um, we'd ordered, I think we'd ordered chicken salad, but it, they brought a bowl of greens, like the freshest, greenest greens you've ever seen, <laughs> and a bowl of what was chicken salad, which were these huge pieces of chicken with just some light mayo that they probably just made in the kitchen. <laughs> and like, it was the most succulent, amazing meal. Like I just had been living on starch for so long. Yeah, right. And now I was finally from London. Now I was, and I love a scone. Don't get me wrong, okay. but this was incredible. <laughs> so that, and then the other would be uh, croissant in sure. Paris. I mean, it's so obvious, but oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, that was a treat. Bread. Every time I try to cut it out, it's a tough give up. Bread. I could live on bread. Yeah, I know. Bread, cheese, and um, some. Some cured meats. Oh, yeah. Happy girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little bloated, but happy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Your digestive tract, mate, I, I love you. No, 
going to look my best the next day. But <laughs> I will have had a good meal. Are you a drinker, really? A wine person, maybe? I'm wine and beer. Okay. That's my thing. I'm sorry. So wine, there you go. You're back to uh, Paris. Yeah, wine and beer. Um, and, um, you know, I'm not much for hard, hard liquor. I'm just, again, the lightweight thing. I have a drink. I fall over. It's yeah. no fun. I, I like a margarita a little. And I... I, I do like some tequila. <laughs> I do like tequila. Um, did you go down to Mexico at all? I haven't been. Did you go to, did you see much of uh, the rest of the UK while you were there? I did. I traveled a lot. And, you know, the thing with the other students when I was in school was everybody would go to Paris or wherever for the weekend, but I wanted to explore London and go and stay in the country. So, um, so I did that, explored the city at nauseum, which was fantastic. And then at the end of, this is a good little travel story. Okay. At the end of my semester, two other girls and I, they were sisters. We rented a car. So sitting on the right side to drive in London, that was fun. Stick shift with your left hand. Yep. That was tricky. Done it a number of times. Yeah. And we drove up to um, Keswick to the Lake District. And, um, which is North. No, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And, um, first we went South and it was something right out of an American werewolf in London. It was hilarious. It was like, you know, stick to the roads. And, um, (laughs) it was very bizarre. It was such a weird experience, but then we drove up and along the way we did all the back roads. We didn't do freeways or anything. And, um, so we'd be driving along these tiny little narrow roads in our little mini dotted with lambs. Cause it was spring sheep and their mm-hmm. babies. And we'd see like a long road with a mailbox at the, uh, a long driveway with a mailbox at the end of the road. And I mean, it was literally like a half a mile to the house and, um, and scrawled on the mailbox would be B and B. And so we'd be like, all right, we'll stay here, you know, and this is where we'll stop for the night. Yeah. And so we would go and it would just be these amazing families and these incredible, it was just the best experience. <laughs> I loved it. Plus it, every time we went, we were so desperate for bathing cause we hadn't. Sure. And so we would take, we would each like take a hot shower or a hot bath and then we'd sit in the living room and they'd serve us, you know, tea and little cookies and whatever. <laughs> it was just storybook. It was amazing. I loved it. I love those little families. When was the last time you were there? In England. Ten years ago. Oh. I'm due. Yeah, I think you are. Yeah. Although this time, the last time I went, London used to be my escape from New York. When New York mm-hmm. became too much, I'd go to London and I'd breathe. Right. And it felt great. The last time I went to London, I was now living in LA. And London felt... Crowded. Yeah. Like a city. Yeah. It felt tight. You've been LA-ified. Yeah, I You've know. You've been LA-ified. So what I should have done... Where's my I, car? I know. Where's, what, my, where's my coffee bean? Everybody's too tight, and it smells funny <laughs> in the subway. Um, I so want to go on a hike. <laughs> <laughs> so what I should have done was go out to the country on yeah, that trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I will do when and if I oh, absolutely. go back for my next trip is I'll rent a car and drive out. and Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> that would be a good time. Yeah, I hated leaving London. Yeah. That was just, I love living abroad and I want to, the election was almost my excuse, except I have to stay and do what's right. I know. You know, fight for what I believe in, but I really want to travel. (laughs) Yeah. You know, my thing was, I always wanted to live abroad. Yeah, me too. And that was why Barcelona and, or Paris. And it's like, um, you watch those movies, those sappy, awesome movies, like, um, under the Tuscan sun. Oh, sure. Or, um. Uh, the remake uh, with Harrison Ford and what's her name and Sabrina. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like, I'm, I'm going to find myself in Paris. I could do that. <laughs> I could listen to that song and whatever or A Room with a View or, you know what I mean? Like, 
oh, I eat that shit up. I love it. <laughs> I'm such a hopeless romantic, but I love that stuff. So, yeah, I um, I secretly wanted you know pack up my dog and go live abroad. <laughs> There's not to say I won't. You have time. Yeah, I just feel like now you're gonna live a long time. Thank I mean, you. you know? I feel like now it would be kind of chicken shit to do that. So I'm gonna stay you and fight do the good what's fight. Right. Yeah. All right. You know what I want to try to do? Maybe I want to see if there's something I can do working for Kamala Harris. Oh, our, our new, new senator. Uh, senator. Yeah. I want to hmm. see if there's something I can bring to a documentary video world. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I think she's going to be a powerful voice. Would you have to country. move up to Sacramento or the no. Bay Area? Is she well, from around here or up north? I don't know. I, I, I thought, I, for some reason, I had San Diego in my head, but maybe I made that up. I have no idea. Um, uh, I have no idea. I'm sure it's not necessary to move up there, but... Um, for what I'm thinking, since it's not follow her kind of okay. job, but I want to do something. I want to get involved, and that's something that I'm thinking about doing. Cool. Well, what is your? Uh, it. You had you had mentioned before. We can get more plugs in. See, okay. we're back to the plugs Yay, before we plugs. go. You can. You have. Uh, you made a film. You just had a. Oh no, you have a I web series. I directed my first short. Oh, a short. Okay. Um, and no one will ever see it. But it. What was, do you mean? Why not? Oh, because it was an it's exercise. Terrible. To is learn. it terrible? It's horrible. <laughs> Everyone but involved. That's how everything's made. We were all learning. It was a workshop. You wrote it. I did not write it. Oh, you I didn't helped. Write it. I helped the writer hone it because she had never written. But my hat is a hundred percent off to her because she did it, and yeah. she was so excited because she'd done it, and she allowed me to help a little bit, but um, not that it needed it. I just I'm a control freak, so sure. she let me. Um, and she was also our star. And um, I got to direct it, which was what I wanted to do. And my friend, another friend, was the DP, and she was learning that job. As a photographer, I kept sort of, you know, I kept sort of stepping into her spot, like the Tom Hanks and Apollo 13. It's like, oh, no, you drive. You know, like you're supposed to do it. Yeah, it's got to be tough for you to, like, not be behind the camera. Yeah, but um, it was a great experience. I learned so much from that. And it's what I needed to do to sort of get over this hump, this technology hump, where I was film. I shot all film in my day. Oh, I had I no film. digital. Yeah. I hate <laughs> the digital film? replaced film. I still shoot film. You still shoot film? I still shoot film. I have an entire drawer in my refrigerator packed with film. Do you have a dark room? Not right now. No. Oh my God. But I have all the equipment in my garage. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. I love film. Film wow. is amazing. Um, and, um, but this was, this was a video you shot. This was a, on video. This was all digital. Def, yeah. This is like uh, DSLR. And, um, but I needed to do that because I was intimidated because I didn't know the technology. And by doing this, I learned it. I took this workshop and it forced me to, to marry what I knew and what I needed to know. It, it still won't make you switch from film? Um, I shoot <laughs> digital when it makes sense. It's so much quicker and easier and cheaper, though. It is, but I mean, it it's a looks di- it sure, but yeah. I mean, to me, what's unfortunate and oddly, they didn't ask me before they obliterated the film industry. But I think that um, digital is an art form that gives a very similar result, but it should not be a replacement for film. Film has the texture and the depth that it offers. Just can't be. You cannot get that from digital. You can make it after and post, but ugh, yeah, that's how I feel. So. <laughs> Although I'm happy but, to um, touch up any photo of me that ever appears anywhere. Of course, after a certain with Photoshop, age, it's sure. sort of like, no, I don't think there's been a straight photo from the camera to the screen since Until I've, now. Yeah. I'm about to take one. Yeah, right. Here we go. <laughs> and then you hear a gunshot. <laughs> I had to kill him. So we won't be able to see the movie. No, but I, there's a feature. 
I've started a lot of writing projects and they're in my computer. And um, uh, a feature I started to write 10 years ago about waitressing, my waitressing stretch, um, there's a really fun scene, a fun segment of it that I'm going to turn into a short. Okay. Repurpose that because otherwise it sits while I try to finish a feature and that seems silly. So I'm going to finish it. I'm going to round out that scene. It's funny. And... um, uh, and shoot it. So I'm probably going to do that in the next couple months. That'd be great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. Awesome. Yeah. So if people want to see your work again, tell them the uh, website again. AmyRockland.com. R-A-C-H-L-I-N. Correct. Amy, normal Amy, A-M-Y. <laughs> AmyRockland.com. Three E's in Amy. Yeah, or if you <laughs> Three E's in Amy. I was going to change it to A-M-E-I-G-H. Why? Because then it would sound really breathy every time you said it. It'd be like, Amy. You know, you'd have to say it that way. <laughs> oh, I, just, I would have to punch you across the table. I'm totally That's the kidding. most pretentious thing I've ever... That's why. Because <laughs> it's <laughs> and absurd. Then, and then the dot above the eye is a smile, is a, a heart, is a sun. A yeah, it's a sun. It's a sun. It's a peace symbol. <laughs> It's a peace symbol. So you see your work. Are you still doing any kind of photography for people? It's- yeah, I shoot. Um, I shoot a lot of kids now. That's my oh, okay. thing is families. I love shooting with families. To me, that's super fun. It's every bit the energy that a, a band would have, but instead it's running around capturing. What I realized, you know, in my photography journey, um, when I left Pearl Jam and stopped shooting them, I didn't know if I was a photographer because I was a photographer or because of them. Right. So I needed to find that out. And it turns out I'm a photographer. But um, I had to get there. And one of the things I thought I was supposed to be was a portrait photographer, just because and like Annie Leibovitz is a portrait photographer so I thought that's what I do and then I realized what I'm really good at is documentary photography I'm good at being a fly on the wall and um and sort of being invisible in a situation that's where I that's my sweet spot so that's what also was propelling me towards learn how to do video again direct learn how to do this I did it when I worked at MTV right but it was a totally different medium so um I knew I had to go back because getting to tell stories has always been a passion. Mm-hmm. And so I want to do more of that. I love hearing people's stories, putting them together. I want to know what makes people tick. I'm obsessed with the psychology of everything. I love to know, like, <laughs> what's going on for that guy? Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like now it's marrying all of that together. So some digital will happen in that photography world. When you shoot kids, it's much easier to shoot digital. Sure. Keep going. Well, try to uh, find some time to travel, please. Yes. In your busy, busy life, because we love that. And I think you need it. Me too. It's good for you. Clear everything. I got a good suitcase last year. (laughs) That's a start. In hopes of more travel. (laughs) Now you got to use it. Yeah. I got a suitcase. I got all the stuff. Passport up to date? No, I just... Oh, my gosh. Literally election night. I was like online. How dare you? I know. Always have it ready to go. I did. Plus, for work, they, they may want you to go somewhere. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm getting it now. Okay. And uh, we'll post photos of you if people want to see you. Okay. Maybe one with the dog if you want. God knows you have 8 billion shots at the dog, I'm sure. Yeah. And she is ridiculously cute. She better be because <laughs> she's a sociopath. <laughs> she has no remorse or guilt. <laughs> well, thanks for doing this. Thanks this for is having very me. Nice, very nice for you to come over. This is a treat. Thank you for coming. Amy Rockland, everybody.